What's up, everyone? This is the 1212 Nutrition Podcast, and it is our goal to enhance your human experience through lifestyle-based nutrition. This is episode four of the podcast, guys, and today we're going to talk about stress management. Last time we talked about adherence tools. Now that we have some structure with calories and protein and an idea about carbohydrates and fats, um, just basically figuring out ways to be consistent with that. So that's what adherence tools basically are. Today is stress management, and I want to talk about this uh, This. It's actually really like a rabbit hole, this broad topic, this umbrella term called stress management, because I think this is an appropriate time to talk about the stress and recovery relationship and how that relates to body composition goals. Um, I think this is where like the most misconceptions are. And like when you understand this relationship, everything gains context and you start understanding uh, why you need to recover and how you need to recover and how you need to view exercise and nutrition differently in order to see better results. So that's kind of what the, the whole point of this episode is. I'm going to try to be brief on this. I know this is a super dense topic, but I'm going to kind of give you the overview of it, um, just a really quick explanation and some things to take away practically towards your nutrition. So I guess a good place to start is with the general adaptation model. Um, this is basically a model that was created that show how human beings adapt to stressors. All right, and if you like look at this model, you can guys just look it up. It's the general adaptation syndrome, I believe. It's GAS. You can just Google this, but it's basically a graph, right? And um, it shows how our bodies adapt to stressors. When we see when we see a stressor, an initial stressor, our bodies are going to positively adapt to it. Okay, and then at a certain point, if we do not, you know, either decrease that stressor or meet that stressor with some form of recovery, that stressor becomes too much. Um, then we're going to see a negative effect with it, and that's why periodization, basically segmented training in exercise and nutrition, is so effective because it basically just utilizes that model and optimizes that model as much as possible. Um, and that's basically how our bodies adapt, right? We we see a stressor, and then we need to meet that stressor with some form of recovery in order to see long-term adaptation. So that's exactly what this whole principle is, the whole theory behind this is, is we need to do that with our exercise, and we need to do that with our nutrition. And this whole, I guess, um, this whole, th this whole uh, what's it called, an argument or... I guess, viewpoint on overtraining versus under recovery. Overtraining means you just train, 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 right? And you're going to see negative um, effects from it. I would encourage you to view that as under recovery because there's people out there, if you look at really elite uh, CrossFitters or you look at really elite athletes, right? Their training is insane. Their training performance, their volume, their intensity is off the charts. That would be overtraining for most of us because we do not have those recovery techniques or those recovery strategies in place in our daily lives that they have, right? So when you see people that have this crazy training schedule, um, let's just take CrossFitters, for example, right? The elite, elite CrossFitters, they usually have people in the background controlling the other aspects of their lives so then they can meet that training with enough recovery. So that's why you'll see people that have like personal chefs or people that cook their food for them and kind of control their sleep and they control all these different things. Um, they don't have to focus, they don't have to worry about anything except for their training and that's why they can produce that high volume is because the recovery techniques are in place. So if you were to do something that somebody else would that maybe was in that position, someone, a very elite um, athlete, if you would do their style of training but not have that, uh, I guess, that level of recovery, 
you're not going to see the same results. So it's important to understand that relationship between overtraining and under recovery. It's really under recovery is what's happening. All right. And let's talk, just talk about the, the stress and recovery relationship. All right. So you can kind of picture a scale. All right. Let's say we have our stressors on the right side and we have a recovery on the left side. All right. The goal here, just from what I explained with the general adaptation model is for every stressor we have, we have to have an equal amount of recovery um, to a certain level in order to see long-term adaptation. Now, where we go into trouble, where we develop these misconceptions is that people don't understand what a stressor is, a stressor on the body from a physiological standpoint. They usually just think of, okay, well, I just have a stressful job or I'm stuck in traffic. And like those are stressors that will increase cortisol depending on who you are. But there's a lot of other stressors that are happening inside of our body um, that we have to understand. So the most common one that I see is people that really focus on a lot of exercise and then they restrict nutritionally, right? They enter that caloric deficit and they're putting a lot of exercise on top of that. And what that is, is that's two, actually two stressors on the body. A caloric deficit when you're taking less calories than you're burning is by definition, it's, it's, you're putting your body in an energy um, deficit and that's a stressor on the body. You pair that with a lot of uh, exercise, like over-exercising almost, you pair that with, you know, some level of restriction with some other things, a stressful job, getting not, a, not getting enough sleep, these other stressful things in life, it creates this huge gap, this huge, you know, distance or this uneven scale between your stressors on the right side and your recovery on the left side. So that's why people will go on these crazy diets and they'll go on this crazy exercise program and they'll see results for a couple weeks. It's because you're going to see a little bit of results at first. But pretty soon, that divide, that gap is going to play a role, and you're going to hit a plateau. From the nutritional aspect, when we see this huge gap between recovery, or excuse me, stress and recovery, right? We have a lot of stressors, not enough recovery. What's going to happen is our met met metabolism is going to downregulate. It's called metabolic adaptation. That's going to downregulate, right? And that's why we're going to see that plateau. It's going to downregulate everything. It's going to downregulate our hormones. It's going to have our body burning less calories throughout the day. So we're not going to see those results from a nutrition standpoint. From a muscular or an exercise standpoint, if we just overload that muscle without actually providing some recovery, we actually cannot physically grow. Because as everyone knows, or if you don't know, um, our muscles do not grow in the gym. Our muscles actually get torn down. Our myofibrils get torn apart in the gym. And then through recovery, through extra, or through nutrition and sleep and some other things we're going to talk about, that's how that actually grows back stronger. All right, so we don't actually grow in the gym. We grow outside of the gym. So it's really important to understand that relationship and give the recovery side more focus, I guess, and a little bit more um, intentionality because as Western culture, we do an amazing job on the stress side of the scale. We do an amazing job on like, okay, make sure that, you know, we're doing this exercises and we're restricting this food. We're not having too many carbohydrates, not doing this, 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 this. It creates this huge stress response, but then we don't do a good job of the recovery aspect just because it's a little bit more of a fast paced culture. And I wanna draw awareness into that because that's the very thing that's holding you back from long-term adaptation. That's the, that's the thing that's holding you back from your goal is the recovery aspect. And this is why this is called this is why this is called stress management, guys, is it's not saying that we can eliminate stress, right? We just have to manage it a little bit better. And actually, a little bit of stress is good for us. We need that initial stressor to see um, results. So we need that place on the body, but we have to really focus on the recovery side as well.
And I hope that just draws some awareness into that as it, if you're just focusing just on the stressors and you're not focusing on the recovery, you're missing half the equation. And one can argue it's the more, impo more impo important half. Um, so just think about that. And one thing I want to talk about before we actually dive into some tactics and things that I want you to start focusing on on the recovery aspect is the idea between balance and rhythm. This is something that I'm kind of growing into as well. But the, the goal here isn't to have a balanced life or have the balanced scale from a day-to-day -day view, right? So we have our stressors on our right and recovery on our left on the scale. The goal isn't to balance day-to-day -day because that's going to be extremely, extremely difficult. Some days you're just going to have more stress. Some days you're just going to have more recovery. That's just, that's just the way life is. We're never going to have a balanced scale at the end of the day. The idea is kind of look through the weekly and monthly view and see that you do have some rhythm. For the really stressful days that you have, you have some recovery days. You have some recovery days where you can kind of offset that and kind of equal those scales by the end of the week or by the end of the month. So I call this kind of like rhythm, like understanding some days are going to be a little bit more stressful. Some days are going to be have a little bit more recovery. Understanding that balance and looking at that rhythm from a weekly and monthly viewpoint. All right. Um, and so let's just dive into the recovery side of the scale because I think this is like the whole point of this, right? Is just to un understand the relationship, understand like where are we going wrong in this equation and then how do we fix that? So the recovery aspect is understanding first that our foundation is sleep, right? This is so heavily researched, it's ridiculous. And I think everybody knows this. It's just having the, the importance and having the um, energy and focus to really prioritize sleep. There's so much research on this, guys. There's uh, tons of studies that will show the effects on hormones and the effects on um, just body composition from a fat loss standpoint from getting adequate amounts of sleep. So I say adequate as in like seven, seven plus hours, ideally seven or eight hours on average throughout the week. You know, some nights you might have a little bit less, some nights you might have a little bit more, but trying to balance that out by the end of the week. So that's our foundation is the sleep. If you're on the nutritional jumpstart, you'll notice that we put some habits in there this week that are focusing on sleep. So intentional, intentionally trying to set aside some time to kind of do a little digital detox before bed and develop a bedtime routine just so we can get the, the, the quality and the quantity of sleep increase there. Another thing I think about is um, intentional leisure time and intentional hobbies. Like this is huge because I think we get in this this zone of okay I'm I'm growing up I have to really focus on you know my work and I have to focus on this and I have to exercise. There should be time for other things that you enjoy in your life and you should make the time intentionally. I'll give you a reason why from a scientific standpoint. All right, so we have two types of nervous systems basically. We have our parasympathetic nervous system, all right, which is our rest and digest, and then we have our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight and flight. All right, so you can kind of view your parasympathetic nervous system as your recovery side, and you can think of your sympathetic nervous system as your stressor side, all right? So our sympathetic nervous system, our fight and flight, gets activated when we see cortisol, when, we see, when we're exercising, we have a really stressful job, or when there's something happening, right, that really needs our attention. That's when we're in sympathetic nervous system mode, okay? And that's good for periods of time. But our parasympathetic nervous system mode is that rest and digest. That's the recovery aspect. All right. So the idea is to activate that parasympathetic nervous system intentionally throughout the week. So that can happen through hobbies. That can happen through leisure time when you're just relaxing. 
reading a book, doing whatever you like to do. Um, maybe it's hiking for you. Maybe it's going for a bike ride. Even though that's exercise, all right, you can still activate that parasympathetic uh, nervous system when you're doing something that you enjoy because it's going to help balance that cortisol shift. All right. So that'd be something to think about. And then obviously just recovery techniques in general, stretching, foam rolling, you know, contrast showers, which is basically taking a really cold shower mixed with a very hot shower, um, ice baths, yoga, meditation, breathing techniques, all these different things to just try to focus on that parasympathetic nervous system. All right. Those are the three things that I like to talk about is sleep, leisure slash hobbies, and then actual recovery techniques. And the other side of this, like, I guess this, uh, this, equation, right, is we have our stressors. But what we have to understand is we have to optimize these stressors in order to not overload it too much. So this is where it gets really, really complicated. Um, I don't want to dive into it too much. If you're on the nutritional jumpstart, I'm already kind of doing this for you. But there's this very specific reason why we eat in a very uh, a specific caloric deficit. If your goal is fat loss, right, we're not creating too steep of a caloric deficit. If your goal is recomposition, we're not creating too steep of a caloric deficit and too steep of a caloric surplus. It's a very specific reason why we set these targets, why we set these calories, why we set these habits. is because it's basically creating an optimal level of stress in which we can meet it with recovery. All right. Um, the, the biggest misconception, guys, is you have to get really restrictive when you're looking to go after your goal and you have to load up the stressor side of the scale. That's where you run into trouble. You're going to see those results for a little bit, and you're going to hit a plateau, and then you're going to be really frustrated because you're going to have to take a step back in order to take two steps forward. All right? And that's the most difficult conversation to have, but it's the most common just because society has created that in us, especially in, I think, guys too, but especially in females. It's this mindset of I need to eat less and I need to exercise more. And it's just restrict, restrict, restrict. And that creates a whole host of issues with negative relationships with food. But then it also affects the metabolism. And the metabolism is our best friend when it comes to body composition. From a nutritional standpoint, the metabolism is it's, it's, it's the most like effective from a long-term standpoint. So that's just a little bit of uh, guidance into stress management. I hope that makes sense, guys. If nothing else, what I want you to get out of this podcast is understanding that guess that umbrella view, or I guess that, that uh, 30,000 foot view of the stress and recovery relationship, and then really focusing on increasing that recovery aspect in your own life this week, all right, either through sleep, leisure, hobbies, or actually doing more recovery techniques, um, and just trying to get in your parasympathetic nervous system, because it's going to help create long-term adaptation. All right, um, that is all for this week. Trying to keep it on the shorter side. I will see you next week for more content. Thanks so much for listening to the 1212 Nutrition Podcast. If there's anything else we can help you with, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on social at Sundown CrossFit. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. If you have any specific questions, you can also email us at info at 1212fitness.com. Until next time, your best is yet to come.